The scripture reading for our meditation today is taken from the Gospel of St. Mark, the seventh chapter, beginning with verse 32. Then they brought to Jesus one who was deaf and had an impediment in his speech, and they begged him to put his hand on him. And he took him aside from the multitude and put his fingers in his ears, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then looking up to heaven, he sighed and said to him, Ephtha, that is, be opened. Immediately his ears were opened, and the impediment of his tongue was loosed, and he spoke plainly. Then he commanded them that they should tell no one, but the more he commanded them, the more widely they proclaimed it, and they were astonished beyond measure, saying, He has done all things well. He makes both the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. These are your words, Heavenly Father. They are your truth. We pray that you would strengthen our faith through them. Amen. May be seated. One of my favorite videos that circulate every once in a while on Facebook or other places is the videos of a little child, maybe three years old, getting cochlear implants in their ear. And uh, suddenly, for the first time in that little child's life, hearing the voice of the mom talking to them and, and uh, just the excitement, first of all, almost like a weird fear, and then just this excitement, and you can just see the joy, and a lot of times a kid will just start to cry, and then I usually do too, anyway. But uh, it's, uh, it's really amazing. Or have you ever seen the ones where somebody, let's say, uh, has not been able to see color. Their whole world is black and white and they're given a pair of glasses and they go outside into the world and, and uh, some of them they even have colored balloons that they'll, they'll send up into the sky. And just what a, an exciting thing that is. And again, sometimes people are just overcome with emotion when they, when they see something like that. Uh, my daughter is a speech language pathologist and she works with children with stuttering problems and other, other disabilities of speech. And she talks about how rewarding it is to, to help them and to be able to uh, help them overcome certain things, sometimes just not even wanting to talk at all. And I think part of it is what touches us is that when we, when we see someone in that situation, we kind of put ourselves there. We, we kind of imagine what it would be like to not hear or not see or not be able to talk and things. And so when, when something takes place to change that, it, it, it warms our heart, and it's, it's fun to see and exciting. The text in front of us, uh, our Lord Jesus himself uses his divine power as the Son of God to miraculously bring healing to this man. And when something happens that is so far outside of the, the pale of normal operation and the way things usually go, uh, it, it causes excitement among people. It causes a buzz. And uh, people start to talk about this. And you get that sense from the text as well. And we're told in other places that large crowds went out to see Jesus, probably primarily to see if they could witness a miracle. This became so well known, in fact, that a first century historian who was not a Christian at all, a man by the name of Josephus, he even writes in one of, his, one of his records, Jesus was one who performed surprising deeds. So even somebody who's not biblically from the Bible, from history back then, talks about this. King Herod, if you remember, 
when Jesus is brought on trial, King Herod even starts asking him in the middle of his trial, before he goes to die, could you do a miracle for me? So this was a, this was a very common, uh, common reaction in human beings. And when the standards or the laws of nature are suddenly manipulated or changed or, or broken or something supersedes that, it is just so amazing and impressive to us. And there's an automatic fascination inside of us when something like that takes place. And we probably think to ourselves, it sure would, be, it would have been wonderful if I had been present right there to watch a miracle like this. Wouldn't my faith be stronger? Wouldn't, wouldn't it have helped me be a, a more firm Christian in Christ to actually watch his divine power heal somebody and somebody maybe like this man who you'd known your whole life that, that couldn't hear and couldn't talk and so on? Even though Jesus at times will bring relief to people by performing these miraculous deeds, he also made it clear many times on many occasions that this really was not his primary purpose for being here in the world. He had a much greater purpose, a much higher purpose than that, than simply providing temporary relief from something that someone might be suffering right now. And we can see that in the, in the text as well. Jesus even tells the, the multitude not to go spreading this story around because he knows it's gonna draw people to him for kind of the wrong reason. Now. Let's be very clear, Jesus certainly had compassion, and he performed these miracles with, with a great sense of compassion. Um, there are places, in fact, where the miracle is described, and it says Jesus' heart was moved to help somebody. And uh, so we don't deny at all that Christ was acting in compassion and mercy. But it's also clear that there are times when he doesn't act like this. There are times when he does not provide a miraculous healing or something. And there are times when he gets away from these situations because it detracted from his real ultimate purpose and mission. How many other people in the crowd, the multitude that day, had ailments that Jesus did not separate them out and heal them from? The day that he stopped that funeral procession and the young man of Nain was brought back to life and given back to his mom, how many other funeral processions were in that town that week or that month that Jesus did not come back to and provide that kind of resurrection? Now, Jesus does not want to be robbed of his glory. He doesn't want to be robbed of his glory for doing this miracle. And when you think of this text, there's a lot of weird stuff in it. Jesus kneels down, he spits, and he, he touches this man's ears and everything and his tongue stuff that might seem kind of strange, but it becomes very apparent through all of this that there is only one person in control of the situation, and that is the Son of God himself. He took him aside, put his fingers in his ears, he spat and touched his tongue. Looking up to heaven, he spoke to him. And we see this a lot with many of Jesus' miracles. Okay, we see this a lot where Jesus makes it very clear that I am the one doing something that is above and beyond the laws of nature. The great catch of fish, it was very obvious to those seasoned fishermen that this guy was in control of nature. The raising of Lazarus, we're told he didn't whisper, Lazarus, come forth, but with a loud voice, he alone cried out, Lazarus, come forth. 
The healing of the paralytic dropped down inside of that room on the man's bed, that paralyzed man. Jesus speaks to him about his sins being forgiven, and then he says to the crowd, so that you may know that I have this kind of authority. Jesus often will do situations like this where he wants to make sure that the glory is brought back to God and to his divine nature, that he truly is God. The spotlight of attention should always be on that. And really, that's the purpose of him not doing so many of these miracles as well. He could have done many more. It's to remind people that he has come for a much higher, greater purpose, and as the Son of God, has the power and ability to do things for us far greater than heal our ailments here in this life. Jesus takes his divine power and puts it into his word, and listen to what it says about this man when he speaks to him. Immediately his ears were opened and the impediment of his tongue was loosed. It's that same Jesus that says to you and me about his word. He says, the words which I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. When the word of God comes to us, even here in this sanctuary, through my sinful mouth, when the word of God comes to us, the Holy Spirit attaches the power of heaven to it to go down into our dead hearts, to open them up, to give us faith in Christ as our Savior, to cause us to to cling to him for our hope of getting to heaven, to learn and to know that, that he's paid for all the guilt of our sins, and that he has the power to cure us and heal us from all ailments and diseases that will ravage our bodies and someday place us into a grave. The same word that causes a temporal, physical miracle in this man's life is the same powerful word that has gone down inside of you and me and caused a spiritual miracle to cause you and me to come to faith in Christ and to stay in that faith so that we can go to heaven someday. God would have us look at stories like this in the Bible, and there are many of them. The Holy Spirit made sure to sprinkle these stories throughout the Gospels. But God would have us look at these stories and take comfort from this man's special incident recorded in Scripture. Because a day is going to come when your senses are going to start shutting down, when they're going to fail you, when your mouth will stop, your eyes will stop, and your heart's going to stop beating, and your lungs will deflate. But it's that same powerful Lord that opens up this man's mouth and ears that will stand over your grave someday as one of his faithful and speak the resurrection call to bring you back to life. What a gracious Lord we have, what a powerful Lord we have who has all authority in him. May we always love that word where he comes to us with that great saving power. Amen.